These are not just stories. These are dreams, passions, experiences. You are now in this dash. Well, welcome. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing? Hold on, we start yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, we could actually have banter. I mean, I don't think that's... Yeah, we could. Problem. But we're good, though. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. A couple of y'all sound low. Oh. Pat sounds fine to me. All right, sweet. All right, I'm going to go with that. Ron, you got a Windows machine, Teron, so we don't know if you're... Weak. That's my... <laughs> Weak. That's the piece. That's the that's an art piece. Hold on. That's that. All right. Everybody's light looks fine. How's everybody also, sound? Pat, you sound good. Ray? Yo, what happened? Your mama. You sound Ooh. good, Steph. Your mama. I'm about to admit Sorry. her. You I sound kind of low. Me? Nah, uh, I, I, I got to be low because Josh. Yeah, that's true. Josh was <laughs> like. The loudest, dude. He was like, go lower. He was like, you think you high, but go lower. So that's like, why I can't paid. whisper. Yeah, I put okay. my stuff on. I put it on uh, medium because he was like, yo, you mad loud, B. We're going in three, two. Welcome to another episode of the In The Stash Podcast. I am your host, Stephon Bishop, alongside Patrick Phillips, Raymond Sanchez, and TJ Johnson. Uh, Theron Johnson, for those who don't know. Uh, and today we have the woman of the hour. Yes. Boston. <laughs> I say this all the time, but we put the sound effects in post, so, you know. Okay. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and trust me, it's gonna. You're gonna be like, "Oh, that's a really good effect." Hold on. <laughs> Just for everybody that's listening out there, uh, she's a licensed professional counselor, relationship and financial therapist. So that is her uh, occupation, and she's rocking that. But uh, thank you for being on the podcast with us. How you feeling this morning? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for you know. Hey, listen, man. Anytime we can get somebody within. Uh, professional setting to take time out of their day to come to us. We gotta mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. You could be doing a whole bunch of other things right now, like working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I applaud that. I'm on vacation. Um, exactly. So how are you? You know, it's a uh, weird times that we're in. Before we even get into the topic, I just try to make sure everybody's okay. How everybody's doing? You know, week by week, we got to check in. So, how are you dealing with quarantine and outside dining and? Good, good. Um, I am an introvert, so this whole quarantine thing has been pretty much a breeze for me. I know it's Thursday. With it. Oh, you set <laughs> this up. You were like, good. <laughs> I have a conspiracy that all the introverts was like planning this all along, and they was like, we need everybody to be like. <laughs> They went to the uh, Golden Corral and like all of them all you can eat buffets and just coughed on people's food. So like oh that's how that's how they spread it. <laughs> terrible. Not Golden Corral. That's just. You'd so. be surprised how many restaurants are aren't in New York and then you go everywhere like oh I see this commercial here but this is where it actually is at like yeah. it happens all the time. So, wow. Like there's like only like one Red Robin in Brooklyn. I think. Yo, these people aren't paying us. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not helping them that they don't have it out here. So technically, it is what it is. Well, man, listen, go to your local black businesses, wherever you can find them in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do not go to Golden Corral. Do not go to I mean, Red Lobster. They're not around. <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, um, so today's topic, uh, you know, trying to follow the, the spirit of uh, mental health and wellness. We want to talk about mind over matter. And we want to focus on 
the importance, obviously, of you know, mental health. And we wanted to kind of dive into what got you, what, you know, what, what, what led you on that path of, you know, being a counselor or providing counseling. Because um, you do it in a multitude of areas. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to kind of isolate. Um, I know you do it with relationships as well. So we'll get into that mm-hmm. a little bit. But just give us an idea of like what led you down the path of I want to help others. Um, so like I mentioned before, being an introvert, I'm also a very sensitive person by nature. Um, I have always explored my feelings, my emotions, even as a kid, just, you know, what's going on? Why do people feel what they feel? Um, watching adults around me, why do they behave the way that they behave? So all of those things were very interesting to me. Um, I took a psychology class in high school. I took a psychology class and a sociology class um, and loved psychology more and knew at, I don't know, maybe 17, that psych was something I really wanted to explore and that's what I wanted to do um, with my career. And so went to college for it, continued to fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love with it. And what really started me on the path of, of serving people and healing people was I had a conversation with a, a, a staff member in my college setting. One time I was, I was always an, an angry kid growing up as well. I'm very sorry. upset. Yeah, very, very <laughs> angry person. Um, what cartoons were you watching? <laughs> what? Dragon Ball Z. What, what cartoons <laughs> were you watching? So, well, because, you know, family life wasn't always happy and and kind and nice and for a child who's very sensitive and emotional um you know there was always something else going on that needed you know whether it was my parents attention or other caregivers attention and so I didn't always know how to process the feelings and the emotions I had and so a lot of times it would come out as anger so you know continue that through college and ended up having a conversation one day with um, a woman in college she said do you know what positive anger is? And I said, no. And she said, positive anger is passion. And if you find a way to turn your anger into passion, you can do amazing things with your life. And I said, okay. So I went back to my dorm, thought about it. What are all the things I'm most angry about? And it boiled down to um, the way people treat each other. And then like, you know, throughout the course after that, um, in, in exploring, it was really about how marginalized identities are treated, especially in the U.S., right? So that is kind of what helped steer me on this path that I've, that I've been on ever since. And so that, you know, has also helped shape what, what jobs I apply for, what, you know, um, what I learn in college and what courses I take and how I want to give back and, and all of those things. That's kind of where it started. Nice. So I know you you mentioned something and I want to just go back to it just because I think that's a very strong statement. Um, so you spoke about the things that were going around going on within your family that led to you not processing your feelings um effectively, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I just want to link that to what's going on today into society and how you can how those, I guess, uh how that awareness that you found within yourself helped you today? Because right now there's a lot that people can be angry for, right? Especially um, people of color. And we might not always express those feelings um, 
to someone. We might just bottle them up inside. And, you know, with that discovery, what, I guess, advice do you give people who might not have found that freedom that you did in regards of like effectively releasing those stressors or those angers that bother them? Mm-hmm. So you could do a lot of different things, whether it's talking to a close friend, you talk about, well, we'll, we will be talking about therapy. So going to therapy, listening to the podcast that you guys have or other podcasts that may be helpful. <laughs> I mean, you guys do have the things that you guys talk about is absolutely amazing. And so having that platform that you give other people, you know, a chance to listen to is great. Um, reading books, even sometimes just watching television shows or movies, sometimes those things also help us to see ourselves in certain things and, and help process that. So I may not be comfortable processing my own pain, but I can talk to my friend about whatever TV show or movie we've just watched and we can process that character's pain. So it, it happens in a lot of different ways, um, depending on where somebody is in their journey or on their path to healing and, and how many tools and coping skills they already have naturally. And then, um, you know, if they want more formal teachings and lessons, you know, they could do that through classes or like I said, therapy or workshops. So there's a, a lot of different avenues that people can take. I think also keeping in mind too that where a person is that they've gotten themselves that far and i think it's always important to to validate that and to tell people you know job well done for getting you as far getting yourself as far as you can and now maybe it's time to hold somebody else's hand and learn the things that you need to learn to help move you forward um so even giving yourself grace even if you didn't do it as well as you could have right so sometimes it's if, if I knew better, I would have done better. Or if I knew then what I know now, all of those things should have, could have, would have. Sometimes just giving yourself that grace of, I may not have done it as well as I wanted to, but I still did it and I got myself where I needed to be. Nice. Not like not allowing like the, you know, the uh, pain or just like basically not stopping, still trying to be able to like push through and like, you know, and, and, and tackle those tasks. I mean, with, with, with that being the case, like, so, you know, you mentioned in terms of like, you know, how it, you're able to like, you know, easier, you're kind of easier, like in terms of like helping others in terms of theirs, but being that you are like a, a counselor, who counsels the counselors, right? Like, where do you go to, to kind of get um, that same, you know, reprieve and relief that you give others? Like, how does that translate and how does that work for uh, someone who's like a licensed therapist themselves? So I've also been in therapy myself. And I think that that's also important that um, therapists speak to that there's also somebody that I have gone to in the past to help process my own feelings. Um, I'm also fortunate enough to have really great and amazing people in my small group of circles who, who, I, can, <laughs> who I can talk to and reach out. Um, and also recognizing that a lot of times for some people, depending if it's your personality type or the messages you got when you were growing up, um, it, it may be hard to reach out to other people. And we find that a lot of times in professions where people are helping others, right? Like I can help others, but I then have trouble asking for help. And so I may bottle a lot of things in. So a lot of that self-awareness and taking the time to explore and ask those questions, who am I, what do I want? What works for me? What doesn't work for me? Um, really learning who you are helps to figure out, okay, sometimes I need to just take a step back and really ask for help in order to, to 
to get to where I want to get to. So yeah, for me, it's, it's therapists, it's family, it's friends, it's, um, it's been exploring who I am and knowing what self-care tools help me to get to, you know, get through whatever moment I may be going through. Gotcha. So you don't harbor it all into release at one specific time, which is really good. Yeah, I don't. Uh, but I know that there are other people who do. And sometimes it's because they've learned these mal- maladaptive ways of doing things. Um, it's, and sometimes, depending on what's going on, they may have to. Right? Like We all may be upset with a coworker, but it's not like we can go off and curse somebody out at work that jeopardizes our job. So I may have to eat that a little bit until I get home, and then I can process, process that with family, friends, my partner, my spouse. So sometimes you have to to keep things in, um, depending on what it is. But as long as you know that you can process it later, it's okay. It's it's when you keep bottling things and shoving it down and shoving it down and shoving it down, and then it comes out as you know physical illnesses or ailments, and your back hurts, and you've got tummy issues, and all of these things. Um, then you know that there's something that needs to be be addressed. So that's why people back me here. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Bro. Let me tell you something. And that's something that, you know, we, we talk to doctors. You Yo. know, we talk to doctors a lot because people come in and they're like, oh, I'm not sleeping well. And they think it's one thing and it's really stress. Or my back hurts and they think, oh, I've got a slip disc. And no, you're, you're not processing your anxiety from something that happened years ago or the way that trauma shows up in our body. Um, it comes out in other ways if we don't if we don't address it. So it, it does come out as some physical issues. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's in my shoulders, so I can't bank head bounces as much as I used to. So, <laughs> so I try to do that to loosen it up, though. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy Pat asked that question because that's something I was really curious about myself. Um, you know, does the therapist or counselors often seek therapy themselves or counseling? But um, you know, like in this podcast, we like to deal a lot with what goes on in the black community. And I feel like there's, there are a lot of stigmas and like, you know, different stereotypes um, surrounding mental illness and um, just the general idea is just seeking help or seeking therapy or seeking counsel. You know, you hear things like black people don't go to therapists or, and things like that. What can we do or what are ways we can go about combating those kind of like stigmas? So part of that is, is on us as therapists to help educate, especially as black therapists, right, is, is to help educate those in our community. So I think part of it is people just don't know what therapy actually is and how beneficial it can be. Um, I think a lot of times when, so also if we think historically, therapy for black people wasn't always an option. It wasn't something that you could always go and do and explore and talk about. Um, and so when it when people have a fear of something or they don't think that it's an option, they tend to discredit it, right? So because I can't afford it, I really don't need it. Or because I, I'm too afraid to really explore what this looks like, then I'll just say I don't need it. Um, and so explaining to people what therapy is, that it doesn't have to be something scary or something where you're learning some deep-seated memory that you completely forgot about and now you're left exposed and having to pick up the broken pieces all by yourself, but it's some, it's a place where you can go and spend 50 minutes, sometimes 90 minutes and talk solely about yourself and what's going on with you 
and get the tools that you need in order to meet whatever goal it is that, that you want to meet. Um, what I tell clients when I talk to them is, so we all have experiences of, you know, experiencing something horrible, right? And you call your friend and you're like, yeah, this is going on and you want to vent. And then after maybe 20 minutes, if you're talking about yourself, you say, okay, but enough about me and what's going on with me, what's, what's going on with you? Because that's the nice thing to do. But in therapy, you don't have to do that. It's all about you. You don't have to check in with your therapist. You can talk about what's going on at work. You can talk about school. You can talk about what stresses you have. You can do all of those things. Um, and it's really a time to get to know who you are as well on a deeper level, not just the surface stuff. Um, and also to talk with somebody to help rewrite your story. So a lot of times we are telling ourselves the same story over and over and over again um, that keeps us stuck. And if we can say it out loud to somebody who doesn't know us very well, that they can help find patterns that you weren't aware of, they can help you um, dissect some things and really get to the root of things. And what you find is that um, there's this, this beautiful version of a story that you didn't even know was there that helps move you forward. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. That. Thank you. I love that. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, going off what you said too, people are scared of themselves, especially in a society that we live in now, wherein people rather perception over reality. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's great that you said that, and you know, education is the key. You have to educate yourself on certain things so we can get over those fears. Finding who we are and exploring who we are is, is our life's work, right? Finding out what makes us tick, what we like, all of those things. Uh, but exactly like you said, to do that work is incredibly scary because you could either find out that you are this negative thing that this person told you years ago, that that is true. Or the other side of that is you find out that you're this amazing, dope person like, that you get to to then give permission to other people to find out that they too are these amazing dope people. So to me, that's what therapy is. I get to witness people um, grow and, and get to know themselves and see just how amazing they are. They, they think that they are, but when they really do the work and they're like, holy crap, I really am. That's amazing. You know, there's this light that ends up shining that everybody has that, that you know, sometimes they don't, they're not always aware of. But think about this. I can't afford therapy. I can't. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I mean, part of the things that plague the black community is that we don't have, um, you know, I know like, I'm a comedian, right? I know a lot of comics have jokes around. I look up the price of healthcare or therapy and it's like expensive. So how do we get over that hump, right? Like what are options that are available right now to someone who wish they could afford a therapist but do, they, they just can't right and they have other necessities in their life that they have to pay for you know the roof over their head the lighting and all of that and then that stress still builds so they don't get to release right or they don't have that network of friends maybe and they don't have that luxury of picking up the phone to call somebody um, yeah. are there free options within communities that you know about that people can take advantage of there are so there are um no cost to you options, and then there are lower, uh, lower paid options. So if you want something that, that's completely free or no cost to you, looking into state programs, and sometimes that, that has some stigma attached to it too. So looking into some state stuff, looking um, into college, 
college campuses. So, so like for, for college student or site students who were going through the program, we got to a point where we didn't have to do clinical hours. And I had to go out in the community and find people to counsel. And I could either not charge them at all, or I charge them a reduced fee because I'm not licensed. Um, and then I have to work with a supervisor that kind of helps take that on. So um, working with the student, a lot of times people think, oh, well, if we're working with the student, that means that that person doesn't know anything. Um, a lot of times what ends up happening is the person who's coming straight out of school has a lot more tools, right? They're willing to try a lot more different things. Um, they just learned this new method that even being 10 years in, in, in my career, I may not be aware of, you know, until maybe a year later, um, where they're just learning it. And so they're able to use these tools with somebody. Um, so those are an option. And then looking into group counseling. That's what I tell people because it tends to be less than individual counseling. So if you're, if you're comfortable, you know, meeting with other people who are going through similar things as you and you're, you're, you're comfortable with processing that with a group of people, that can also help too. So you're not having to pay um, what, what the full fee is that a therapist may charge. They usually will, will offer those things at a reduced price. So there are different options that a person can do. For somebody who absolutely, you know, can't afford it or don't want to take those avenues, what I then talk to people about is self-care. Um, so you may not be able to do therapy right now, but what are some other things you're doing that helps you reduce stress, that helps um, helps you sleep at night, that helps get rid of that anxiety, that keeps you centered, that keeps you happy, that keeps you energized, that keeps you fine. I'm very sorry. You're popular. It's too, it's too much positivity. No, <laughs> universe. Let me apologize so, to that listeners. So um, she's she's baking a cake. I'm just gonna say she's baking. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so those are things that that people can do. Making and, and whether you're in therapy or not, I think self care is is beneficial for everybody. Okay, so self care can be just a physical activity like riding your bike, taking a walk, or anything that. Uh, provides you some type of release in regards of your, you know, a break from your day-to-day, -day, so to speak. Right. So it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it, it's all of those things. What, what, what fills up your cup? What makes you um, recharge your batteries? All of those things. Okay. I want to hit one point just because you, you mentioned it earlier. And I want to make sure the listeners out there uh, have an option for this. So you spoke about your childhood and that you didn't have the tools. And, you, you know, you, it almost sounds like you were in an environment where no one else went, sat you down and said, these are the tools and this is how you deal with stress. How can you speak to young parents now that are raising children um, and the things that kids are exposed to on a daily basis? Um, and that you just think about it being a kid, right? Sometimes you don't say things that might bother you and you just keep mm -hmm. bottling them up bottling them up. And I think it's important now because we have so much things accessible via social media, um, a lot of traumas that we can, you can see someone be murdered every two seconds if you wanted to go ahead and look up a hashtag. Um, and I think for young you know, kids, it's important that they either know ways that they can um, direct questions or feelings they might have. And I think because a lot of like, I, I can tell you personally as a parent, um, you know, my dealing with stress is just like, you know, get through it or just, you know, 
it'll pass, right? Um, and it's not uh, something that's innately taught within our community. And I think it's important that, you know, the next generation understands like these are good coping mechanisms you can use as parents um, to, you know, fulfill uh, having the kids having an avenue. So what are good things that they can address with their kids, so to speak? Um, so when it comes to parents, it's nothing new. It's things that we've heard for a long time. So communication, right? Talking to your children about a lot of different things. Um, even if you think that your child isn't experiencing something, still having the conversation. So um, even if it's, how are you feeling? Right. That's that's huge. We don't all we may ask, how are you doing? What did you do today? But how are you feeling? How did you feel about this when you saw that, when you heard that? What emotions came up for you? And being able to mirror that as parents, too. So talking a lot about your emotions, um, just naming them, not just, you know, saying I'm pissed about this or I'm frustrated about that. But this makes me happy. This brings me joy. Do you have a spectrum of how you talk about emotions in your home. And for some, sometimes for parents, you can't teach a tool that you don't know either. So, so for parents, you have to practice that. You have to learn it. You have to practice it. So communication is huge. You don't always have to have the answers. Sometimes it's just simply talking about it, right? If, if, if there's a conversation being had about racism and you don't know what the next step is, you know, then that's fine, but you can at least talk about what emotions you have that come up when, when, when you see racism, when you experience racism. Um, a lot of times we tend to go to anger, right? So, you know, I got passed over for a job. I got passed over for a promotion because of X, Y, and Z. And I can talk about that, but I don't talk about that really makes me sad. That hurt my feelings, right? We don't say these things. We can say I'm pissed off, but yeah. we don't say my feelings have been hurt. Um, we can say don't speak to me that way, but we don't say you just said something that really hurt my feelings. So it's about being vulnerable. We can't ask our children to be vulnerable with us if we're not willing to be vulnerable with our children. So that's a big thing. Um, for kids and, and being able to figure out how and when to process their emotions, Again, it's tough for them to do if they if they haven't been taught that, if they don't know what that looks like. So hopefully it's not just on parents, right? Is that it's it's a village. So ho hopefully that teachers are doing it. Hopefully other caregivers, so aunts, uncles, or cousins are doing it. Um, hopefully it's pastors, if, if somebody is going to church or any type of religious institution. Hopefully it's what they're seeing on TV. I think sometimes TV now is doing a really great job of talking about emotions, especially with Black men on TV. That's a really big deal. And I've said this before, too. A great TV can be a great tool for parents. So, again, if, if you are if you're thinking that your child maybe isn't experiencing, let's say, even drinking or doing drugs, but if you're watching something on TV, that's a time to explore. Well, you know, I really would, I, I don't want you to do these things and here's why. Or did you see how this character handled that situation? Children are, are constantly looking and wanting and learning to know how to handle a situation. And if we're half preparing them, you know, if we're only telling them demand respect and, and you know, not really discussing what boundaries look like, if we're telling them 
only address these certain topics with your friends, but we're not teaching them how to address other topics with their romantic partners or yeah. interests or their crushes at school. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not teaching them fully. We're not giving them the tools that they need to really be prepared in a situation that we know that they're going to experience. We hope that they don't, but we know chances are that they're going to experience these things. So let's go ahead and have those conversations and give them the tools that they need to be as safe as possible. Very true. Well, definitely. It's, it's crazy how we fear having some of those conversations because we think that's going to expose the kids, but they're going to get it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I like the I like the fact that you you said that we have to first be vulnerable with the child for them to be vulnerable with us. Because I felt like growing up, um, the way I was raised with a lot of things, it was more like do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Like with, <laughs> and that's just how we grew up. As, as you know, I'm from a West Indian background or whatever. Um, and it could be the smallest thing. It's always do as I say, not as I do. And I feel like with my daughter, um, I have to. 90% of the time lead by example because they she asks tons of questions. So that that part of what you said really resonated with me because I've always said I've, I've came to that realization. I've always said that. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, man, we can go on for hours with this, but time is limited. Um, this is actually part one. This is part one. Yes. So we have, you know, we, we, we got Miss Boston. You know, she's going to be doing part two where we're going to dive into more, um, you know, beneficial tools that, you know, you, the listeners out there can listen to and hopefully adopt in your life. But I want to make sure we have the time so that we can, you know, provide some information so that if somebody might want to reach out to you and make you their therapist, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and, you know, uh, you know, first round of applause for this episode. First round of applause. We're going to put that in poll. Round of applause. Um, I think this is an important episode, uh, especially, again, mental health. So please allow the people to have all of your contact information, websites, emails, whatever you need in regards of them reaching out. And then we will proceed with following us. Yeah, so feel free to email me, STL, as in St. Louis, because that's where I am, STL, the number two, Boston, which is my last name, at live.com. Um, let me know if you're interested. Um, even if you just have general questions, I am more than help, happy to answer any questions. Um, refer out if I need to. So I'm all about giving people what they need, even if that means that, that they can't work for, for work with me or that I'm not a good fit for them. So definitely email me and we can move forward. I'm here to help. Beautiful. Um, any websites? Are, is there any free websites that you can tell people to, to like take a look at? Like if there's one central place that's like a good place for just starting the journey of like, hey, I want to seek maybe group counseling, individual therapy, family therapy, uh-huh. anything? Awesome. Great question. So therapyforblackgirls.com. Yes. Huge, 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 huge thing. And and what I really like about them is their directory. So even if you're in New York City or California, whatever, there's a list of therapists in your city. So therapyforblackgirls.com. I know it says black girls, but it is open to to everyone. So yeah, reach out. That's where I found my therapist, actually. So yeah, I recommend it. Nice. Um, so listen, please, uh, we're going to give up our social media handles. I am Stefan Bishop. You can find me on all social media platforms at Stefan Bishop. That's S-T-E-P-H-O-N. You already know about Bishop. Um, the 
company page is Stash Network. You can find that on any social media platform. Google it. You'll find it. Go ahead, Pat. Um, oh, wait, not Pat. Go ahead, Tyrone. Type. Tyrone <laughs> <laughs> um, TJ. Say Pat for oh, last. Find me. I'm Tyrone TJ. You can find me at Really TJ on Twitter and Instagram. More active on Instagram. Go ahead, Sanchez. I'm Raymond Sanchez. You can find me on Facebook as Raymond Sanchez. On Instagram and Twitter is RLS underscore JR. And my name is Patrick Felix, also known as Cardi P in Podcast P. Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Patrick J. Felix. And you can find me on Instagram at P-A-T-M-C-C-R-O-T-C-H. What does that spell? That spells, uh, that spells Pat McCrock. That's why we save it for last because we don't <laughs> want to get canceled. <laughs> so we save it for last. So if they cancel us, we'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, we can edit out the Pat McCrotch. Uh, we're going to be a Me, Me Too amusement. <laughs> Over his handle. I mean, it was like it was a typo. Pat, Pat, Pat Scotch, right? Right? Could have just been I'm a just typo. Waiting for somebody being like, Pat made me type Pat McCrotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but listen, thank you. This has been an amazing episode. We will see you for part two. Good night or good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> <laughs>